0: So the text this morning comes to us from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is talking to a a population that has been uh, devastated and uh, moved from their homeland. And this is what he says to them. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem To the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into Babylon. This is the content of the letter. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters and increase in number. And yes, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. And pray to the Lord for peace and prosperity. Because if that place prospers, you too will prosper. Another Sunday, I got to slash my sermon. <laughs> Rob, it was you last time. So, here I just want to. Start with a very simple bottom line for all of us. All of us who have lived our lives so far. There is no tale. There is no tale of unimpeded smooth sailing. There is no such thing. Unexpected events intrude and alter the future that each one of us might have imagined for our lives. We get divorced. The economy crashes and our finances are threatened. Loved one dies, die before their time deteriorate before our eyes a pandemic will come out of nowhere the political climate becomes dangerously polarized nations descend into war and we hear threats of more war And the prophet Jeremiah today wants people of faith, people just like you and me, to understand that not all problems are resolved on a short timeline. They never have been. And they never will be. And yet he does this amazing thing. He proclaims That life does not need to be trouble free in order to be incredibly rewarding. Pretty amazing. Well being is possible, even in the midst of hardship and dislocation and shattered dreams. So what happened in 597 BC? We've already read the Babylonians conquered Israel. They devastated Jerusalem. And then they pretty much deported everyone from Jerusalem to the city of Babylon. And Jeremiah stayed in Jerusalem, but he's, he's writing letters to this dislocated population. And of course, the Hebrews... Just like us want to believe that whatever ordeal they are going through isn't going to last very long. And so they're clinging on to rosier predictions. But Jeremiah's oracle warns them not to listen to those who say there will be a quick turnaround. He says, stay strong in your faith. Get some perspective. And hang in there. So we know this to be true. This is is not something we don't know, that life is hard, that times can be difficult. But then there's this voice from Jeremiah that says, don't you dare give up. Which I think is wise counsel for all of us. Don't don't you dare give up. Because sometimes when life is really hard, the only thing that counts is the tenacity that God makes possible for us to hang in there. The tenacity To hang in there in practical terms, it's a message of acceptance and courage. And I know you know this, but acceptance and courage are essential to anyone's spiritual journey. You can't be on a spiritual journey without acceptance and courage. Reminds me of a story that was attributed to Churchill in the late 1940s following World War II. Mr. Churchill was attending a dinner where a man stood up and spoke to those gathered. And this man says, at the Battle of the Bulge, the British soldiers proved that they were braver than the German soldiers. And that was the difference between victory and defeat. So Churchill gets up and says, well, that is fundamentally not so. The German soldiers were just as brave as the British soldiers, but the British soldiers happened to be brave for five minutes longer. Which is to say, can we grab a hold of courage? as long as it takes. As long as it takes. But you see, Jeremiah here is not just talking about acceptance and courage, which are really, really important. Jeremiah is also talking in this text about agency. It's a great word. Because agency asks each one of us, once we've accepted certain circumstances, what are you going to do next? What is still within our control? How can we use our time and our talent and our energy to promote well-being? I think Jeremiah's words are so beautiful and so instructive in this text. Remember what he says? Build houses. Your life isn't very good, but build houses and plant gardens and take the food from those gardens and eat it. And pay attention to your loved ones. Take care of them. Raise them. Love them. And do that even when you feel like pulling the covers over your head and staying in bed. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare despair. We've been at this too long. I mean, that's a hard message, right? It's a hard one. It's like, it's hard when we get the message that your life is actually not going to return to the way it was. You know, it speaks to the elderly among us who cannot turn back the clock. It speaks to all of us who long for a simpler chapter in our lives, whether that was actually real or not. But what Jeremiah is saying, if only for today, is don't spend too much time wishing you were in a different place. Man, I've done that a lot in my life, wishing I was in a different place. And don't spend too much time, if you're able, go to Michael if you need to, not bemoaning what has already happened. It's natural to bemoan what has happened, but don't spend too much time in that place. And why does Jeremiah say that? He says it for a very simple reason. Because no matter what, no matter what, you can plant a garden. You can plant something and you can watch it grow. Now that's literal and metaphorical. Which is to say each one of us can do our part to build the community. That is never taken away from you. It's always by faith available to us. Plant something, grow something. So here we are, as Phyllis has told us, we're at the beginning of the stewardship campaign. And we are not collectively in exile. We have not been forcibly taken to a foreign land. For the most part, our lives are intact. A broader perspective would tell each one of us that we are still really fortunate. But right alongside of that, right alongside of that is a huge dose of existential and spiritual exile. You know that that's true. We read about the mental health crisis. The rise in addictions and death by suicide. We hear about gun violence every day, every week, every month. We hear about climate change and the rise in catastrophic storms. We hear about wars and the threats of more wars. We swim. Can't get the word out. We swim in a sea of misinformation and disinformation. So even if we decided from a bigger perspective that we are pretty fortunate... The future seems uncertain. So what would I say to that? In the middle of it stands our little church. For 150 years, right? 150 years. We've been right here. A simple and beautiful place, no matter the hardships in the world. For 150 years, we've offered a sanctuary, a safe place for people to gather and search for the loving presence of God amidst the loving presence of each one of us. For 150 years, we've played music and we've lit candles as a sign of our deep faith in the goodness of God's creation. For 150 years, we've talked here about the courage and the sacrificial love of Jesus and the gift that it brings to our lives. So in the midst of extraordinary exile all around us, plaguing countless number of people, we have been given an unbelievable gift and it isn't a little thing. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to say, because I'm supposed to say, but I also believe it. This is a critical thing. This is an essential thing. This is a foundational thing. This is a life changing alternative to most of what we hear outside in the world. That's what I believe to be true. which is why each one of us really, really, really needs to do our part. Jeremiah's letter ends with something extraordinarily beautiful. Seek the peace and prosperity of the place where you are. Now, we can all do that, right? We can seek the peace and the prosperity of wherever we are. And that is fundamentally a message of stewardship. We've got this place, this beautiful place, and we have this incredible message that we get to carry. And it has to be preserved. And it needs to be lived by each one of us doing our part. So I'm going to close with a story. That came yesterday in the cornfield, which is the men's gathering here. It's the cab ride I'll never forget. Anybody read the cab ride I'll never forget? Yes. I read it this, morning. Yeah. this is what I think it looks like. And, and where, where I'm going with this is we can all be cab drivers. Metaphorically speaking. Written by a cab driver. When I arrived at the address, the building was dark except for a single light and a ground floor window. Under these circumstances, many drivers would just honk once or twice, wait a minute and drive away. Too many bad possibilities await a driver who goes to a darkened building at 2.30 in the morning. But I had seen too many people trapped in a life of poverty who depended on the cab as their only means of transportation. So I walked to the door and I knocked. Just a minute answered a frail and elderly voice. I could hear the sound of something being dragged across the floor. And after a long pause, the door opened A small woman in her 80s stood before me. She was wearing a print dress and a pillbox hat with a veil pinned on it, like you might see in a costume shop or a Goodwill store, or right out of a 1940s movie. And by her side was a small nylon suitcase. That was what was being dragged across the floor. Would you carry my bag out to the car, she said. I'd like just a few moments alone. And then if you could come back and help me, I'm not strong. I took the suitcase to the cab, returned to assist the woman. She took my arm and we walked slowly toward the curb. She just kept thanking me for my kindness. It's nothing, I told her. I just want to treat my passengers the way I would want someone to treat my mother. And when we got in the cab, she gave me an address and then asked, Could you drive through downtown? Well, it's not the shortest way, I answered. Oh, I don't mind, she said. I'm in no hurry. I'm on my way to hospice. I looked in the mirror and her eyes were glistening. I don't have any family left, she continued. And the doctor says I should go there. I don't have long. So I reached over and I shut off the meter. What route would you like me to go? For the next two hours, we drove through the city. She showed me the building where she had once worked as an elevator operator. We drove through the neighborhood where she and her husband had lived when they first married. She had me pull in front of a warehouse that had once been a ballroom where she had gone dancing as a young girl. Sometimes she would just ask me to slow in front of a building or a corner and she would stare into the darkness saying nothing. And as the first hint of sun was creasing the horizon, she suddenly said, I'm tired, let's go now. And we drove in silence to the address she had given me. It was a low building, like a convalescent home. And two orderlies came out to the cab as soon as we pulled up. Without waiting for me, they opened the door and began assisting the woman. They were solicitous and intent and watched her every move. I opened the trunk and I took out the small suitcase and took it to the door. She was already seated in her wheelchair. How much do I owe you, she asked. Nothing, I said. Well, you have to make a living, she answered. There are other passengers, I responded. And I bent and I gave her a hug, and she held on to me tightly. You gave an old woman a little moment of joy. Thank you. And there was nothing more to say. I squeezed her hand and walked out into the dim morning light. And behind me, I could hear the door shut. It was the sound of the closing of a life. And the writer concludes, So many of us are conditioned to think that life revolves around great moments. But you can be assured great moments aren't usually What you think. When that woman hugged me and said that I had brought her a moment of joy. It was possible to believe. That that was the sole reason. I had been put on this earth. I do not think I have ever done anything in my life. That was any more important. Than that cab ride. I just say, let's keep this thing going. Let's just keep this thing going. Cab drivers, good stewards, caring, so that the world looks different. do our part.